say no one walks alone because we believe that God is, uh, that we have our, our earthly family, but we also have the family that God's put us together. So, man, no one walks alone. If you have your Bibles, uh, let's open them up to Philippians uh, chapter 1. Thank you, Pastor Josh, for giving me the mic tonight, and Pastor Jeremy. Uh, I'm so excited about sharing the word with you tonight. My prayer is that you leave here encouraged and, and challenged by God's word. Uh, Philippians chapter 1, Paul's writing uh, this uh, to the church in Philippi, and it says this, Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all God's people in Christ Jesus at Philippi, together with the overseers and deacons, grace and peace to you from God our Father and Lord Jesus Christ. I thank you, I, th I thank my God every time I remember you, and all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy. That's a good, this is Pray with joy. Uh, verse 5, because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this, and this is going to be our key scripture here tonight, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. He who began a good work, he is, Paul's saying, I am confident of this, that, that he, God, that God who began a good work in you will carry that on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Verse 7, it says, it is right for me to feel this way about all of you since you have, uh, since I have you in my heart and whether I am in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all, all of you share in God's grace with me. God can testify how long for all of you I have uh, with affection of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer that, that your love may abound more. Come on now. That your love may abound more. That's, uh, let's just stop here. I just feel anointed on this, man. We got to abound in love. This is, a, this is just separate from my message, but as Christ, as Christ followers, as Christians, man, we should abound in love. Man, it says, the Bible says, it says, he will, they will know you, that they will know that you're my disciples by the love you have for one another. Man, we love all. We serve all. We, we serve all because we love all. Man, we need to abound in love in our, in our job sites, whatever you go to. Man, we need to abound in grace and love as Christ's followers. Man, they should see us as, as people see the church. Man, they need to see love. We need to love each other despite our differences, despite uh, uh, social uh, uh, backgrounds. Uh, we need to love each other. Amen? Man, can we have a church that just loves each other? I believe we do. Uh, but, man, abound in love. Abound in love. That's good. Uh, the more and more, uh, let me go back to that. Your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless. Come on, pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Let's pray one more time. God, we love you. God, we declare your word over us tonight. God, I pray that you would, you would do something tonight, God, that you would, you, would, you would challenge us tonight, God, that we would... We would open our hearts and our minds to your word. God, I pray that, that your Holy Spirit would, would uh, 
change us, that you would cut us to the heart, God, that, that my humanity would not stand in, in your divinity, Father God, but your, your Holy Spirit would, would impact us tonight, God. We invite you to uh, give us fresh revelation of you, God. We love you so much, God. Be in this place. In your holy name, we all said amen. Amen. I have this thing. Um, I love abandoned places. Um, on Instagram, I follow a thread called Abandoned, and they show different um, places that are abandoned. People go and take pictures of, of abandoned houses and, and stuff. And, uh, man, and I just I, I just love it. I don't know what it is about it. I love old abandoned things. And um, I was scrolling, and I was looking at these abandoned houses and stuff. I brought a few pictures. Uh, go ahead and go to the first slide. This is an abandoned wa water park in Japan, and, and uh, it just looks so cool. Like, it, it, the people used to play there, slide there. Yeah, uh, keep going. There's an abandoned house, I believe, next. Boom. It's old. It's, it's rickety. It, it, it looks like it's from a movie, you know, like it's abandoned. People used to uh, live there. Kids used to play in the front yard, but now it's old and just abandoned. Uh, go next one. Another house. Uh, man, just, I mean, what used to go on there? I, my mind like wonders. And I just, I don't know about you, but there, there's a sense of beauty there uh, to me that of uh, just nature and, and it's just incredible. Another old house. Keep going. And uh, is there another one? Boom. There's another amusement park. Uh, some bikes. I believe that's in, in Japan, too. Uh, oh, there's a, there's a stadium in Detroit. I believe the Lions used to play there. Now it's since been demolished. But, uh, man, imagine all the people that used to be there. Uh, used to be full of life. And now it's abandoned. Uh, I, I began to, to thank you guys for showing those. Uh, I began to think about things that are abandoned and how that really relates to us. And I was thinking about just uh, being there. And, and the, I just love like history. I don't any history buffs. I love history and just learning about history. I, just, I think that's why I love the Bible so much. I get to I just think about what it would be like to be there. And uh, when I look at these abandoned places, I think, man, the, what's the story? There's a story behind there somewhere. Abandoned. Uh, we have a knack. I feel like uh, in, um, in humanity, we have a knack to, uh, we, 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 once, once we get the good out of something, we kind of abandon it, you know? Uh, I don't know if you ever go to antique stores, but there's always like these old pieces of furniture and stuff. To me, it's just old used crap. And uh, can I say that? Uh, but to someone else, they see something in it, you know, they see some value in it. But the person that abandoned that uh, had, had used it up. They didn't see the value in that piece of furniture anymore. Uh, they, they, they abandoned it. They, they, let, they got all the good from it and then abandoned it. We have a, a sense, uh, I, I believe, humanity in our, our we, we tend to do that. We begin to, to, once we get all the good out of something, we abandon it. We, 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 uh, Places and things get abandoned once we uh, we lose the perceived value of it. Once we we don't perceive that it has value anymore, we abandon it. Because why would somebody abandon something that's valuable? I have a Hank Aaron baseball that I've I've had for signed by Hank Aaron. I've had it for years, years and years. It's it's been with me every move. I've had it since I was a little kid because it has value. 
uh, has more value than, than uh, just monetarily. Monetary value, it has value to me. Sentimental value, I have my, my Gibson SG. Um, it was my first electric guitar. I've had it for years and years, since, probably since I think I got it when I was like 14-ish. And, and uh, I've kept it. It's been with me for, for years. I'm not going to sell it because I, I have value in that. Uh, I, the things that we abandon, that we throw away, that we discard, we push to the side, we, we, we get the, it loses the value to us. And so we begin to abandon that these, these places had value at one time, that these houses had value to uh, families filled them, laughter filled them, life filled them until they had no value to them anymore and, and they discarded them, they left them, they, they abandoned that place. And I just want to thank God that God does not abandon us. Amen? Can I say that? Our God is not a God that will abandon things. He, he, God doesn't perceive value. He, he knows the value. He sees the value in you. See, in, in our relationships, come on, have you ever had a friend that, that abandoned you when you need them the most, right? There's like, yo, where, where, where were you? You know, uh, and, uh, you know, that happens in relationships. They, 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 they saw no value in your friendship anymore, so they kind of abandon you. Can I tell you that God does not do that? I want to look at a, a, a man in the Old Testament named Joseph. Joseph is an incredible story, incredible story. I love Joseph. Uh, he uh, was a son, and he had a coat, a really cool coat uh, of, of multicolors. And uh, he, he had a journey, and his brothers sold him into slavery. And it's funny to me that Joseph comes from this family that, that is basically, uh, God has given this family, uh, his, his father, a, a promise and, and this lineage and, and, and this promise of, of a great nation and, and that the descendants are going to be like the sand of the seashore and, and all this great promises. And, and yet we see the beginning of, of Joseph where where his brothers sell him to slavery, and then these these slave traders take him to Egypt, and they sell him, and 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 then he he's falsely accused of a crime he did not commit. Come on, he was he he was in Potiphar's house. He was the was rising to the top. Things look good, you know. He's 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 almost second in command. He's he's taking care of business. God's blessing him, and then Potiphar's wife's like. Hey, how you doing? And he's like, no, I don't want that. He, he takes off, leaves his coat, and, and she's like, you know, look what he did. And so uh, Potiphar threw him in jail. Man, that's tough. That's a falsely accused for something he didn't even do. I mean, he, it, it, with, with the world probably would look at it and be like, man, man, and before he was falsely accused, Joseph was rising top, and they were like, bless, hashtag bless up. You know, God is blessings on him. He, he's, he's getting it. And then all of a sudden he finds himself in jail in, in a terrible place. And then can I tell you that, that God did not abandon him even then? It's, it's crazy that, that, that he found himself in, in this rising to the top, this great place of prosperity, if you will. Um, you know, the world looks at him, and they're, man, he's prospering. He's, he's getting it. He's, and then all of a sudden, 
Well, just like that, he's in jail. And, and, and not only that, I mean, he was in jail for, like, years. Like, it wasn't just like, oh, once I get the DNA tested out, like, you know, I'm going to be cleared. No, bro, he was in jail for years. It says in Genesis 39, it says that God was with him. See, I want, to, I want you to understand that God was with him when he got the coat. God was with him when he got sold into slavery. God was with him when he was rising to the top. God was also with him in the jail. See, God is with you. God has not abandoned you. God has not abandoned that, that promise. God has not abandoned that, 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 that promise of God. See, God had promised his family this, this lineage that, that God was going to bring this great nation out of, of this, this family. And at the time, with Joseph's in jail, it does not look like it's going to happen for Joseph, right? It's like, this isn't going to happen. I'm in jail. What am I going to do? And then he finds these people and he's like yo i can interpret dreams i'm gonna interpret your dream and your dream and he tells them and he's like hey when you get out don't forget me holler at your boy right and um and what do they do they forgot him for like two years god was with them god was with them it doesn't make sense to us because to us success does not look like falsely accused in jail Right? That doesn't, when I think of success, that's not what I think of. And in American culture, we think uh, Rolls Royce, come on now, that's success. Uh, we think the Mercedes, the big house, the CEOs, the, the congregations of thousands. Uh, look, as a youth pastor, I have to check myself. Uh, just to be real, be honest with you, uh, when we have youth nights and things, Man, uh, I cannot judge my success by how many students we have there. That's not success. Success is me being a youth pastor, doing what God's called me to do, preaching, and even just changing one life. That's success. And look, we can fall into these pros, these false uh, perceived ideas of success. Success, you can't put a money value on it. Come on, success is doing the will of God. And, and it may look like you're in the jail, but God is with you. God is with you. It says in Genesis 39, God is with him. And then we know that he, he got out of jail, man. And, and God just, he showed his family grace that sold him and loved his brothers. And, and God uh, moved and blessed this, this, basically made this nation out of, out of that. And, and man, uh, Paul and Silas and, and Acts, I began to think about abandonment and, and things of, that are abandoned. Paul and Silas and, and Acts, they were thrown in jail. One of my favorite stories of the New Testament, um, thrown in jail, and they're in jail, not for stealing or, or anything bad they did. They're just talking about Jesus, right? And uh, they find themselves in jail. And, and it says, not only are they in jail, like, and you got to understand, too, jail back then isn't like prison here or, or jail here. Like here, you get like three hots and a cot, you know, three hot meals, you get a cot. You know, most of them have cable TV, heating and air, you know, it ain't that bad. Like, I, like believe me, I don't want to be in jail. Like, jail's not an option for me, so uh, it's not my thing. But, uh, but compared to back then, like they were like in jail, like they, and then it says that they were in the, the middle of the prison. And see, which, which, if you don't quite understand that, that's the worst place to be. That's like, back then they didn't have, um, 
like plumbing and like toilets and stuff like we have here. And so when uh, they people would use the bathroom and stuff and these prisoners, they would kind of go to the center. And so they're prison, they're chained. It smells bad. It's, it's in the middle of the night. It says the midnight hour, the darkest part of the night. And what do we find them doing? We find them singing praises. We see them, we see them in the worst circumstance where they're like, this is not success. <laughs> you know, like we're supposed to be out there planting churches. We're supposed to be out there seeing people healed. Yet we're in here chained and uh, the darkest, smelliest place, beaten, open sores on their body, and yet they're praising God. And it says, in the midnight hour, while they're praising God, suddenly, suddenly God. See, God was with them every step of the way. God was with them in the jail. God was with them in the midnight hour. Suddenly God opened the chains and made a way for them to escape and bless them. See, God has not abandoned you. Uh, King David, man, oh, King David. It's incredible. I would encourage you to read. I'm going to, I'm getting ahead of myself, but there's a quote I'm about to read, and, and it's incredible. There's a book called three, uh, Tale of Three Kings, and it's about Saul and David and Absalom. And uh, it's an incredible story. And the, the author says this. He says, what does this world need? Gifted men and women outwardly empowered or individuals who are broken inwardly tra transformed? It's incredible because God is not about comfort. God is more concerned about character than he is comfort. God is about taking us through a process and, and developing us than he is about our comfort. See, we see that with David. We see David as a young boy, anointed king at 15-ish at, uh, years old, we believe. And he didn't actually take the throne and walk into his uh, anointed position until he was like 30 years old. That's like 15 years. I'm not great at math, but it's 15 years. I can do that. And... Look, he went through caves. He, he had spears thrown at him from Saul. See, he went through a process because God did not need another Saul. God had rejected Saul because Saul was not, was not obeying what God wanted him to do. So God called David, and then he had to go through a process to make sure he wasn't going to be another Saul. See, Saul was throwing spears at David. David didn't pick up a spear and throw it back. No, David just dodged him. David kept his mouth shut. He found himself on the run, running away from Saul. He found himself in a cave, alone, running. And then eventually people started following him. Who knows why? Because David was a mess, you know, but God started putting people on David's path and and then all of a sudden, in, in this cave, abandoned from everything else, from, from his, his, he had served his country loyally, overcame Goliath. But in the cave, God didn't abandon him. Everyone else may have abandoned him. He might have had some disgruntled followers. Everyone else of worth kind of abandoned him and... and, and God has not abandoned you. He has not abandoned 
your dream. See, we oftentimes we mistake discomfort for abandonment. See, God has not abandoned you. You might be in an uncomfortable situation, but that doesn't mean that God's abandoned you. I want you to understand that God, it says that the good work that he has started in you, he will see to completion. That means the valley. That means the mountaintop. That means that God is going to see that vision that he has put in you to completion. I know there's some people here tonight with a vision from God. So uh, that are, are, are carrying an anointing from God. That God has anointed you and called you and has given you a vision to do something great for his kingdom. And, and we haven't seen it come through yet. But let me tell you tonight, I believe this is a word from God for somebody that he has not abandoned that, that good work he started in you. He has not abandoned that vision he has given you. But he is going to see it come to pass. And, and, and the, in a, the amplified version of the Ephesians, or our key scripture, it says this. It says, I am convinced and sure of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will continue until the day of Christ. And then check this out. It says, developing that good work, perfecting that good work, and bringing it to completion in you. See, God wants to develop us. We live in an instant society. We don't like to wait. We don't like to wait on things to develop. Uh, back in the day when they actually had camera with uh, film, we don't need those anymore because we have cell phones. Amen? And uh, all the people that had have iPhones said amen. And because uh, they're the cr true Christians. I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm just kidding on that. But, uh, but for real, iPhone, iPhone's the way to go. Uh, God bless him. I don't know where I was going. So they develop, developing cameras. They had cameras with film in it, and and you take you take pictures and and you didn't know if it was a good selfie or not because you, you didn't you couldn't look at it. It was just a film, so you just kind of like had a hope, you know. And they would take pictures, uh, you know, you you got to pose and just they take a picture and just hope it turned out good because they had to develop the film. It wasn't instant. And so they would take it to Wolf Camera. Who remembers some Wolf Camera? Amen. And uh, take the Wolf Camera. They would take it to the, the dark room, and they would go through a process of developing the film. And see, God wants to develop us into the picture he wants us to be. Amen. See, he, he has not given up. He has not abandoned you. He is wanting to develop you. And the valley, he wants to develop you. He wants you to go through some discomfort because he wants to take that Saul out of you. See, he is developing you. He is perfecting you. He is, he is bringing that vision, that thing, into full completion. It wasn't until 15 years later that, that David actually walked into the, the throne room. i got to hurry. I'm running out of time. Uh, 15, it took, dude, Jesus 
was, we can agree on this, Jesus was like fully man, fully God, son of God, right? Uh, he was the son of God. He didn't start his ministry until 30 years old, right? I w you would think he would be the prodigy doing ministry at like eight. You know, we see him, as, the only time we really see Jesus as a boy, it says that he is in, in the house, his, his family actually left him. They didn't realize that, that they had left their kid. Don't judge him. Because if you have a big family, chances are you've left your kid somewhere or lost them. Uh, but then they, they got down a couple days later and said, oh, we forgot Jesus. And so they went back and they found Jesus. And he said, I'm about my father's business. See, I, I'm thinking, well, Jesus, why didn't you just get, you were already confounding and, 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 and blowing the minds of the religious leaders then. Why didn't you just walk into ministry? But he had to go through a, a process, even at Jesus had to go through a process until he, he stepped out into ministry. How much more does God need to process us, amen, and develop us? Come on now. I believe that somebody here has a vision and that God wants to develop you into the leader and the, and the person that can bring that vision into, into fruition. See, God has not abandoned you. He has not abandoned your vision. He is with you. He is developing you. God has not abandoned you. That dream and that desire is still there. God is faithful. Greg Rochelle, a great uh, uh, pastor, he said, if God has done, done what you think he should do, trust him. If God doesn't do what you think he should do, trust him. If you pray and believe God for a miracle and he does it, trust him. If your worst nightmare comes true, believe he is sovereign, believe he is good. Look, we need to trust God that his time is, is perfect. we got to trust God that he's developing us in, in the valley, and we might not understand it. I, I, I think one reason why I love abandoned things is because I can relate to them. Um, when I was a young person, and I'm going to end with this, if I could have the band come or uh, somebody come play softly. Uh, I was uh, about 15. I'll never forget it. And you might have heard this story before, but... Uh, just bear with me. I was about 15. I come home from vacation with my aunt and my, uh, my uncle. They had taken me on vacation. They, they would do that often. And we come home, and, and uh, my mom picked me up from there. She got me home, and my bags are pretty much already packed. And she said, Brad, she's like, I got something to tell you. And I was like, what's going on? And she was, she was you know, kind of upset. And, uh, and, you know, I didn't have a good home life. Uh, things were crazy. And she said, you're going to have to go live with your aunt and uncle. And I'm like, well, what about my sister? She's like, she's going to your grandparents' house. And I'm like, okay, I'm 15. You know, it's, it's you know, I, I live in this house that is dysfunctional. And lots of, there, there's drug users and just abuse and just crazy stuff. And, but it was what I knew. It seemed normal to me. Was, that's what I, that's what I knew, you know, uh, not church. And, um, and so that when I had to go live with my aunt and uncle, and I love my aunt and uncle, they, they took me in, but, you know, teenage angst, especially in that situation, it was just, there's some tension there. Um, man, I felt abandoned. I was like, felt rejected. I know what it feels like to be abandoned and not, you know, I was like, why? You know, why is this happening to me, you know? And, and then years later, and through that situation, I, I met Mike Hoff, and Mike Hoff invited me to church, to his youth group. Uh, through that, I began to come to, 
to youth and, and Pastor Lance was my youth pastor and, 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 and discipled me and developed me into the leader. So you can just thank him this Sunday for, for this word because it's, it's really all about Pastor Lance. He, he, I, I wouldn't be here without him. And, and I look back and I can see that that wasn't ever abandoned, that God was taking me through a, 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 a process. I can look back and see that that if I wouldn't have if I wouldn't have been forced to leave, I wouldn't have met Rhiannon. Probably the best thing that's ever happened to me, and, and, and besides salvation, and 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 if it wasn't for that, I wouldn't have. God, see, God knows. God knows what He was doing. See, God was taking me through a process. He, I felt abandoned at the moment, and I was in a valley, but I didn't even really know God, which was crazy, but God was with me. He hadn't abandoned me. He hadn't, he hadn't left me alone. See, God has not abandoned that vision. He has called you. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. And see that little word, prosper, there, it, 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 it's really uh, the original word there is shalom, which means peace or completeness. See, God doesn't want to prosper you uh, necessarily monetarily. He's wanting to prosper you. That prosper might be discomfort. That prosper might be a cave. That prosper might be the, the inner prison. See, God wants to prosper you, and that prosper means to make you complete, to give you peace. And sometimes we have to be discomforted to find that completeness. See, God isn't about comfort. He's about character. Come on, let's all just stand.